This is Give Me Some Truth, a podcast from Walkner Condon Financial Advisors in Madison, Wisconsin. Give Me Some Truth is dedicated to providing an accessible and authentic view into the financial services industry, as well as current events and investment concepts that you can apply in your day-to-day life. You gotta leave your money behind you. Welcome back to Give Me Some Truth. Nate and I are in the booth today, and we're actually going to talk about a topic that I think people are going to be interested in hearing. I mean, I think that every one of our topics are interesting for the most part, but this one, we're going to go through what we actually have experienced in the last six to 12 months in our own financial lives. And we're going to give a little insight to some of the decisions that we made. And hopefully we made good decisions, but uh, you know, we'll let the public decide, right? We were surprised by how many financial decisions slash uh, scenarios that we've had in our respective lives in the last six to 12 months. It's actually more than we would have guessed initially. Yeah. I think it, it kind of began with our wives transitioning into new careers and then also just kids getting older and, you know, them having different uh, financial experiences themselves. And I think it's been really eye opening. We just started to spitball and write them all down here right before we started the podcast. And we were both pretty shocked that there's like eight different things here on this list. So so let's hop right into a, uh, a couple of them. I mean, for the two of us, uh, we'll, we'll deal with the, the vanity one uh, uh, f- right up front here is uh, we both bought new cars for our families. And, you know, I think one of the main things there is new versus used. And also, uh, did you buy or did you lease? So, uh, Nate, uh, you don't have to disclose all the car that you bought or anything like that. But uh, let's let's go through uh, what your process was in determining what what uh, type of vehicle you wanted to purchase and, and how did you go about doing it? Yeah, so I um, this was predicated upon my daughter um, turning 16 and needing a car. And it was about the time that I was um, ready to get a different car. And so my daughter took my car and I then needed slash wanted to get a different vehicle. And so... I thought it was actually going to be an easy process. I mean, it's kind of a, you pick what you want and then you go buy it and away you go. And I was surprised by how long it took me to decide. And um, just the the way car shopping now is just so many options. There's so many different bells and whistles that are on cars. There's so many different ways you can do it. Um, to me, it was, a, it was a much more labor-intensive research and data-gathering process than I realized. Um, I never entertained the idea of leasing cause I, I drive a fair amount. So that didn't really work for me. I think people that drive less miles, yeah, that could make some sense maybe. Um, for me it didn't. And the other thing that didn't make sense for me at all was buying a new vehicle, um, used, uh, a couple of years old was the, what made the most sense because of, uh, what I could get for the amount of money buying a couple of years old versus buying brand new. And because, I'm not somebody that has to have like a specific color with these specific um, uh, features. I'm just, if it it checks eight of the 10 boxes for me, I'm good with that. Yeah, and I like to check more of the boxes. I'm very specific in the type of uh, car that I buy, especially for the safety features now. I'm a big tech guy, so I I really enjoy looking at certain safety features and making sure they're part of them. And I, I need about a I needed about a 90% success rate there on, on what I want 
to tick it down. But um, and then obviously you need heated seats. I mean, I think that's a that's a no brainer here. In Wisconsin. <laughs> right, that's a you gotta have heated seats though. Once not, you have it once, you're never going back. Like that is the <laughs> deal. You gotta have heated seats. Uh, and then a couple of the different safety things too. Uh, I really enjoy adaptive cruise, cruise control now. I've never had it before. I finally got it, and uh, boy, that's that's nice. So I know you you're kind of more of a control freak, and you you don't yeah, care. Right. Like don't, you you have yeah. it on your car. Yeah, we drove down to Chicago and you never used it. Right. Well, see, I would have to go. Is what we talked about. I'd have to go to the other end of the spectrum. I would literally have to have the car completely driving for me. That then I'd be on board as opposed to you know kind of halfway. I understand why people like it, but what was interesting about your scenario is that because you wanted to be more specific on exactly what you wanted, it forced you to kind of widen your search of where you looked for a vehicle. Then yeah, we ended up settling uh, on a car in Barrington, Illinois, and uh, actually the process for this particular car was very interesting because we identified safety features. Uh, my wife picked it out very quickly. She's like, I want something very similar to what I, what I used to have. Uh, and so we had the make and model kind of identified right in the beginning. And then it was just a matter of taking the safety features. And then also, uh, the color of the car, we didn't want a black car. We wanted a, a blue car this time. Uh, so we found it in Barrington, Illinois. They actually drove the car up to us and we signed the paperwork and gave them our, uh, we traded a car in, we did it all on the internet, a little bit by, by phone, and the transaction was done at my kitchen table. It was the coolest process I've ever had. And we always buy, same thing as you, used, a couple years used. I think that that's the best way to buy a car, the depreciation is out of the car. And uh, yeah, the, I was just amazed at the fact that they drove the car up to us and took the other car away. It was it was really cool mm-hmm. uh, because then I didn't have to drive the 200 miles, which you know was a barrier for us. I don't like doing that. I hate the whole process of it. I got the dealer financing, which I don't know. Did you get dealer financing, or did you go I, with uh, Banker Credit? I did get dealer financing. Yeah, yeah. See, it was a pretty good yeah. deal. I've never yeah. done that. I've done that right. one other time before, uh, but it was just a better deal than what I could get in Banker Credit Union. So, you know, there was just a period of time, and I think you run into the same thing. They had very favorable financing. We took the financing. So, right. you know, as a general rule, I always, I usually tell the clients, you know, unless you want a new car every few years, um, you know, I, I like to buy used, uh, get a, you know, an earlier model, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or a later model, I should say, um, you know, car and just say, Hey, let's, let's get it close couple, two to three years of what the latest model is and let's do it, you know, and then you don't have to get a brand new one and go through depreciation and all that, you know, that it's, it's just when you drive off the lot, you just give up so much. Yeah, so let's, so the walkaways on this on this idea was was uh, especially now that we've gone through this process and most people don't go through this process, you know, um, you know, all, all but maybe every five to seven years. So for us, it was a kind of be open minded to the fact that the car buying world is slightly different if you haven't bought a car recently. Um, as Clint's saying, they, there's some um, um, pain points have been eliminated in some ways in the, uh, in the car world, uh, through efficiencies, signing documents and things like that are, aren't as daunting as it used to be, which is great to see. Um, but, um, be ready to move quickly if it's the right vehicle for you. And it makes sense. That's what I had to do. Um, and also don't be afraid to expand your territory to, you know, outside of Madison, outside of Dane County, outside of Wisconsin. Um, because there are, um, uh, there are better deals out there if you're willing to, uh, to uh you know pursue those i buy all my cars in illinois i save probably three grand in every car that i've bought it's just a cheaper way to buy you know because there's more competition 
So I've just found a better experience there. Be one, one caveat there to be careful with is sometimes the financing does not go across state lines. So if you set up local financing, it might not go to Illinois. So just FYI on that. Yeah. I got hung on that on one transaction. So that's a, that's a good call out. Um, the, one of the other things that I think was fairly eye opening for the two of us is that, uh, you know, we have kids that are <laughs> unequal in age. Uh, but one of the things that, that you've, uh, been forced to take a look at recently is the cost of uh, insuring a child who's just recently started driving. So uh, how did you go about, uh, how, how was the sticker shock there? Yeah, it's, uh, it's something you got to be prepared for. I mean, it's, it's, it's more than just saying, hey, we bought a third vehicle and, and you know, that's going on the insurance. The minute the young driver enters the picture, I mean, that gets, <laughs> that gets expensive quickly. Um, I will say, and this is probably something that most people know, but grades are taken into consideration. So if you have a child that, uh, that excels academically, that can help you from a cost standpoint for sure. Which of course, uh, which I've, I'm fortunate to have. So that's, that's good. Um, but beyond that, um, the, the kind of new driver in the household, um, that takes some getting used to for everybody involved. And so I think for, uh, for the decision makers in your household, if you have that coming up, um, you should have conversations with your significant other, if, if that's your situation, um, about how often this person's going to be allowed to drive, how far they're going to be able to drive, you know, in the first week, in the first month, in the first, you know, period of time. Um, because that's something that just because, and this is what we communicated to our daughter, just because you have your license doesn't mean that you have the freedom to be able to drive wherever you want, whenever you want. And you use an app. Too. We do use an app. Yeah, yeah we use uh, an app called Life 360. Uh, great app. If you, I mean, it's a little bit big, big brothery. You got to kind of get past that um, because it is you are tracking, you know, your your kids' whereabouts and things like that. Um, but it is great. You can see what their top speed was on their trip that they took from where to where. Um, you can see if there was an accident while they were on that trip. You can see, um, you know, I mean, it's it's like. Uh, um, kind of gives you the information that you want, even though sometimes it scares you a little bit. Well, that's understandable. I'm glad that they didn't have that when I was growing up. Yeah, right. And so it's, it's, it's almost like the Sunday emails that our clients get. <laughs> you like the information, even though it doesn't necessarily always give you the information you want to see. Um, you know, and, and along with that, you know, she got her first job, you know, and that's another, another kind of a new thing for people if they have kids that are about that age, which then facilitated bank accounts to the extent of direct deposits and things like that. Nice. Are you making her save or is there a general rule of thumb in the Condon household? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, she's, she has to save 15%. Um, and that money's going to end up, I'm electing to do a Roth IRA for my daughter. That's not advice that everybody should just blindly take. You should speak to us if you're thinking about that for a child, but, uh, that is something that I'm going to look at doing. Um, and just the whole process of opening accounts for kids and kind of what all that means. It's, uh, it's really interesting because stuff you just take for granted that how would they know this information? But then you're kind of like, wow, yeah, they don't know this information. Like writing out a check like that. that was, that's a, that's a learned behavior. You oh, to totally learn is. how to do that. Yeah. It's interesting. You kind of take that for granted and understanding like what is a routing number, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. What, you know, on a, on a direct deposit form, you know, um, ATMs, you know, working with an ATM card with a kid. I mean, it's, it's, it's a whole new process and then making sure that they understand the implications of our efficient world now, right? It's efficient to use an ATM card, but you can go negative on that. 
Mm. What is overdraft protection? What does it mean to go negative in your bank account? I mean, these are all things that we had to go through, and it's it's a it's an interesting uh, even for a, you know financial advisor. It's interesting to kind of go through that with your child and and realize that this is somebody that um, you know they they have to kind of learn it. And, well, and, and, they're, and and what you assume they know, they might not know. We're going through something similar. My son's six, and so we talked about whether or not to get him a bank account and whether or not it's better to have tangible physical money that he has to spend or whether or not it's better to have it electronically because he's in the electronic world. And right now we've elected not to open the bank account. I think that's going to change. Um, we've tried to instill in him uh, a, a 50-50 sort of savings thing, you know, saying, Hey, you got to save at least 50% of your money and 50% of your money can get spent. Um, now he's got various uses that kind of go in and out of his head every single day as far as how he's going to spend his money. So like this morning he wanted to buy a, a watch for himself and not like a dinky kids watch. Like he wants a real watch that has a digital time on it that actually tells time. Like we how bought much him. Does a, he have now? Uh, Oh, he's very proud of this. So he has, um, He's saved up a bunch of money. He really hasn't spent much of it. Uh, he's got $140. Wow. Yeah, I know. There it's good. Go. He's got, you know, he, he's got a few 20s. He's very aware of what he has. Uh, and then he said he wants to get up to $200. So then he asked for a uh, an allowance. And so we had to write it the chore chart out. Sure, right? yeah. Uh, so he's got it all up on his uh, whiteboard. And so we were negotiating for the amount of, uh, amount of allowance a week. And... You know, I thought this was very nice. He he said that he would negotiate for a forty dollar allowance a week. That's that's <laughs> wow. Okay, so that's not what he got. <laughs> um, yeah, so we we I, I felt like it was like bargaining down. If you've ever been down to uh, Tijuana in Mexico, you know, you ask like, "What's this piece of silver jewelry?" And they started like two hundred dollars, and then you negotiate down to like four. Right. Uh, so <laughs> right. so now we've negotiated down to five dollars a week, um, and he's not quite gotten it yet because he is starting to learn that he actually has to do the chores to get the money. So we're working on that right now. Uh, but he's very motivated. He wanted to set up a lemonade stand. I think that's going to happen this summer. You know, he's, he wants to make a quick, you know, he figured he'd make about a quick 30 or 40 bucks. He had estimated that. Sure. Like right. that's what he was going to make. So maybe he would, I, I have no idea, but um, yeah, he's been going through all of that. It's been really fun to go through the whole monetary process of that. And then him, adding and subtracting and figuring out, okay, well, you know, we said we'll split the cost of the watch with you, Sawyer. So, you know, do you want to just put some money down? Sure. That's okay. And we were talking about like the cost of it and you know how much he was willing to put down. And we made, went through that whole exercise with him this morning. So hopefully he gets a watch that actually tells time because <laughs> the Pokemon watch that we bought from Amazon yeah. kind of fails at the whole telling time thing. Right. You know, it looks nice, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, and that's what's funny about it is that they they really learn. I mean, if you have kids, if you have, have grandkids, um, regardless of where they're at on that spectrum of, of learning, whether it's, you know, you know, Clint's six-year-old son or my 16-year-old daughter, my 13-year-old son, um, they, it's, it's very telling um, how much they know about the world, but how little they know at the same time. And boy, money lessons, they don't stop. You know, you have to keep, kind of teaching those lessons because um, it's interesting to see this, the, the uh, areas where they know a lot uh, technology, mostly they know a lot about, but a lot of the stuff that we all take for granted, they don't know a great deal about that. And you have to instill that if you want, if you want to have a responsible child when it comes to money, that stuff is really, really important. Well, you know, what's one of the hardest things for me is 
if you want to get something, what does the child say? I just go to Amazon. Right. I'm like, Dad, just right. pull it up on your phone. Right. Go to Amazon. And then they know in like two days. I mean, they, they know what prime shipping is. Yeah, this at instant like gratification. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And, and, and they're almost upset when it takes two days and not one day. Yeah. I mean, this is the, and it, it, it's, a, it's a really interesting call out for, for parents and grandparents is that, again, that's kind of what I mean when I say, you know, they understand technology really, really well, but the concept of, you know, uh, you know how a bank account actually works, um, it gets to the point where these kids, they, they assume that because technology has taught them so many things that they know how all of this other stuff works and do not underestimate that uh, there's a lot of just normal everyday banking and money stuff that they don't know. And that's what we need to teach them. That's exactly right. And uh, transitioning on to another uh, event that we've had in our lives over the last, you know, 12 to 18 months, uh, you know, my wife left her job and she started her own company, uh, LX Creative Design, and she does uh, e-learning. And then Selena Fernate left her job as well. She was a nurse for a long time and left her job and has started a new one. So that means for them, new retirement plans that they've Mm -hmm. never had any exposure to before. And so for Courtney, it's been an individual 401k that we decided to open. And that's been interesting because she can save a lot more money than just an IRA. uh, And it doesn't contain a match like her previous 401k. And the the wherewithal to save and the willingness to save then, the onus is really on her to be able to go and save for those sorts of plans. Because when you don't have a match, it makes it a little bit more difficult to open that up and get it going and get it started, especially when you have a young business. And, and for you, you've had a, a simple IRA that you've had to tackle as well with her. Yeah, she went to a family-owned business, which um, is interesting, coming from a, from a huge you know, hospital and, and healthcare organization to a, you know, a, a small, well-run you know, family business. Um, it's, it's an interesting transition for her. You know, health plans are different. And uh, like you said, she doesn't, you know, it was a typical 401k, corporate 401k before, if you will, that probably had, I don't know, thousands of people involved in it. And, you know, now she has a simple IRA plan. We're not going to bore you to tears with what a simple IRA is or how they work, but uh, both for Courtney and for Selena, they're kind of seeing that when you leave the bigger corporate world and you go into, you know, for Courtney, you know, uh, business ownership and and Selena working for a a family-owned business, uh, the world's pretty different, you know, and I think that's interesting uh, to see a different flavor of health insurance plan and a different flavor of, of, um, you know, retirement savings and uh, some of the stuff that kind of gets maybe not taken for granted, but just some of the stuff that, that is um, comfortable and common um, does not necessarily reach to all employers. And so, um, you know, for, for you listening, if you're in a job where you're looking at, um, you know, potentially leaving your main career that you've had for 30 years and potentially doing some consulting in your work optional lifestyle, or if you're a younger worker and you're kind of at a spot where you're looking at making a pretty big career move, understand that that move uh, is is more than just the new position and the new salary that that involves a lot of things talk about benefits there's a huge difference and i think people like to bang on big business all the time and when you look at the benefits that big businesses provide a lot of their benefits are exceptional i mean you talk about health insurance and all kinds of different matching programs gifting programs and 
and things like that. And that doesn't exist in small business. I mean, you don't have those sorts of programs. I think we provide reasonable benefits here at Walkner Condon. We have a health plan and a 401k and we're ahead of most companies. I mean, there is just not a lot out there. You, you want life insurance, you want disability insurance, you want a good health plan. I mean, we have a very average health mm-hmm. plan here and it's expensive. Mm-hmm. So, and, and so that's, it's just a, an eye-opening experience when you run your own business and you see uh, what you can provide versus what you can, uh, you know, other places do. I mean, you go to some of these big warehouses here and yeah, they, they get less money on the payout, but they get much better benefits. So it's all a cost benefit sort of uh, situation when you're, you're looking at making the leap. And I think it sounds sexy to freelance and to go off on your own, but in many cases, you're going to take a significant uh, pay cut when you take into account the benefits. And that's not the reason why Courtney didn't. She didn't do it for money. She did it for career fulfillment. But uh, if she was doing it solely for money, you have to get a significant raise to be able to cover all of those other things that your your big company, you know, she worked for some really large insurance companies uh, and those benefits were exceptional. And the same thing with Selena. Yeah. It, and then that just doesn't get, it might, I don't want to say that it never gets looked at um, the way it should comparing one to another, but it doesn't get looked at often enough or there's not enough emphasis put on I'm going to leave this job and I'm going to go to this other job. And what does that mean for me by way of, of, you know, the benefits that I'm leaving versus the benefits that I'm coming into and uh, making sure you fully understand what that benefits package looks like of that new career or that new job you're going into. Um, it's, it's a, it's a big, it's a big difference. I mean, we had a conversation with a prospective client uh, just this week of, um, you know, does she, does she potentially, uh, alter her position at UW? Does she keep her same position? I mean, all of those things have, have major implications um, financially, and I don't know that people necessarily understand that as well as they should before they make that leap. Yeah, they should be talking to us uh, if they're considering a career change. I mean, we're their partner in being able to talk through some of the things that they miss. And so sometimes we see people taking uh, the raise versus taking a look at all benefits and seeing whether or not it's actually a raise uh, just because they want to rip the bandaid off and earn five grand more in mm-hmm. salary that may be a huge detriment to their financial situation they might not even know it so we encourage people to sit down with us uh, before they make the move rather than after just calling us and telling us you made the move uh, that we can't do anything about it then but if we can be proactive and talk about it prior to taking the position that really helps and then I think uh, one last thing that I wanted to touch on that you now that we're considering in, in our household is uh, a basement project, and we're looking at completing our basement. And uh, we had a project here at uh, Walkner Condon where we completed uh, down the hall. We completed the extra 650 square feet, and I think one thing definitely rings true for both projects in that contractors are crazy busy right now. It's insane how busy people are and the variety of quotes that you get on these things are kind of mind boggling. I mean, we've had quotes that have been 30 to $40,000 apart in doing the same project with the same materials and plans and everything. And, and you're like, not looking at doing a $300,000 project. No, you're not no, talking about a 10% close. variance. You're yeah. talking about a 30% variance. That's exactly right. It's actually even more than that. And it's, so it's just, it's incredible the disparity in quotes you get. And it's simply because some contractors are busier than others. Some contractors want higher profit margins than others. Um, some are dealing with more of a corporate situation where, you know, they have a lot of people on payroll and others aren't. And so it's, it's just something where you've got to be vigilant and patient 
and being able to get your project finished. And we're, we don't even have a signed contract with anybody yet. We're still going back and forth. Uh, and we're still waiting on contractors to come in and give us bids because the environment is so competitive and these guys are so busy. And so it's the double-edged sword of the more cost-effective they are, the busier they are. You know, and then if they're not cost effective, they still are probably busy. Uh, and, you know, do you want that name recognition? So, you know, there's been some challenges as far as figuring out how we're going to accomplish that project. And hopefully <laughs> in the next few months, I have a date where we actually get to start our project. Then we're hoping by the end of the year we get it completed um, in a cost effective manner or we're just going to punt on it and wait till next year. I don't know. But uh, those have been some challenges that we faced. Yeah, again, we can't we can't uh, encourage you enough uh, to come and talk to us if you're entertaining the idea of building a house, um, doing a home remodel, uh, doing a home addition, doing I mean, even to the extent of we're going to put a deck on our house, we're going to put a three season porch, whatever it is. Um, come and talk to us because the expectation that you might have in your head of when you want to start, of what you think it's going to cost, of uh, how you're going to kind of structure it, how you're going to finance it, that versus what is reality right now could be two vastly different things. And we really don't want to see people, um, you know, amp up the frustration level to, uh, you know, to a, to a 10 before you even see the first hammer getting swung on your project. So come and talk to us because, uh, we have a lot of knowledge when it comes to that area. And, um, it's a it's a crazy world out there, like Clint said. I mean, if you if you're dealing with a contractor that's not busy right now, that is a bad contractor. I would not be dealing with that person. And if you are dealing with uh, a time frame that's fast, uh, that's not good either right now because that's not going to happen either. And so um, have us uh, have us kind of lend in or or lend a, a, um, uh, kind of our advice and our knowledge on that if you're entertaining that because. Um, that tends to be a very popular thing to do in the summer in Wisconsin. And if you think that, uh, you're going to make a decision on, on what you want to do and then have that project start a week later, that that's probably not going to happen. That's right. So there you go. A little bit more on uh, a little more insight on what's been going on in our financial lives. And, you know, just like other people out there, we grind on these decisions and, and maybe we grind a little too much because we know too much, uh, too, but, uh, you know, hopefully you've got some insight from some of the things that, that we've been, uh, have been going on in our lives and, uh, please join us on another episode of give me some truth. Thanks for listening. You gotta leave your money behind you. Raise your hand to the sky. Advisory services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, Mitch DeWitt, and Keith Ponywaz are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered, and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not provide any advice that is investment-related, nor should any comments that guests make be construed as giving investment advice. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Walkner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.